you take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 17 this morning, Luke 17, as we continue to celebrate Thanksgiving and look, look toward uh, the celebration of our Lord's birth, Luke 17, a great story of the Lord Jesus, um, and, a, and he asks a great question um, that I think it's important for all of us to consider regularly. And as we're turning to Luke 17 this morning, I also wanted to welcome back um, college students it's always great to see you guys when you come back, and we're thankful that you're here. And Chris Caldwell, I think you've got somebody else special to introduce this morning. We'll give you that opportunity right now. It's not, it's not that Rachel's back or anything like that. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Welcome back, Rachel. We appreciate you, too. <laughs> All right, Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11. Now on his way, speaking of Jesus, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, Have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. What a story. What an event, what a a moment in history for those ten guys particularly for that one guy, and for all of us who have the privilege of reading the story, of having our lives shaped by the story, because this is all of our story. Most of us, as a matter of fact, probably none of us has ever had leprosy. Um, thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord that's not one of the things that's you know, running rampant you know, in the United States right now. Uh, an awful disease, a disease that that God used in the, in the nation of Israel, in his law, to represent sin, because it was so obvious. He used it to represent sin, and, and people who had it had to be moved outside the camp. They had to, move, had to be moved outside, outside of town. They were unclean. They weren't allowed to associate with the rest of the people. It was that, that severe of a picture that God was painting about what sin does to us. But because of the severity of the, of the ramifications of it, it was, it was terribly upsetting to the individuals and their families who had the disease. And so these 10 guys, while they were um, brought together because of these circumstances, we don't know of, any of anything about their relationship, um, probably unrelated, probably didn't know each other before they got leprosy, but then because of leprosy, that brought them together. 
But as they approached Jesus from a distance, and again, it had to be from a distance because they weren't allowed to, to be close to anybody, they yelled those words that hopefully all of us have yelled to the Savior before. Again, not because of leprosy, but because of our desperate need for a Savior, because of our desperate need for his help. Did you see what they said? Did you hear what they screamed to him, what they yelled out in loud voices? Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Mercy. Mercy. And Jesus immediately, again, the reason he came into the world. In Luke 19, later in this, in this particular gospel, after he, after he forgives Zacchaeus of his sins, he makes the statement, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's what, that's what Christmas is all about. That's what Jesus is all about. And he sends these ten, according to the law, he sends them to the priest to be, cl- to be cleared. The priests were the... Uh, were the, corona, the coronavirus task force of Israel. And um, they were, he sent them, and as they were going, they were cleansed. And immediately, their lives were changed. Immediately, they could go back home. Immediately, they could go back to work. Immediately, they could go back to town. And one of them, as Jesus put it, so this isn't my words, a foreigner, a Samaritan. That's, that's even a severe foreigner. That's a foreigner that nobody in this area likes. Seems harsh, seems terrible, but that's the way it was. Jews and Samaritans were, were sworn enemies of each other. They didn't even like to be in the same area. That's why most of the time as people went from the, the Jerusalem area, Judea, up to Galilee, most of the time when they took that trip, they didn't cut through Samaria. They went along the border, which is the, the area that Jesus was traveling on this particular occasion. Now, there were times when Jesus went right through it because he was also here to save Samaritans, as he proves here. But this story this morning, the reason I wanted to read it again, and I say again because those of you who have been around Midway for a while know that I try not to let a Thanksgiving season go by without at least reading it, without at least considering this question that Jesus asked. Because it's so telling for all of us as we examine our own lives. Did you see what Jesus asked when he came back? And he came back doing the right thing, by the way. Praising God and thanking Jesus. I mean, his life was changed. And he knew the source of it. He knew why it was changed wasn't anything that he did. It was something that this man did. And he came back praising God, which is the right thing to do. When you're thanking Jesus, you're praising God. Because Jesus is God. And this is another statement of that as Luke records it. But as he came back, Jesus said, weren't ten healed? Where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? And that question, every time I read it, makes me look at myself and and ask myself, am I ever among the other nine? Am I ever among the people of this world who don't stop and say thank you? 
to God. Some people say, well, that's not that big of a deal. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. When, when the Apostle Paul was describing, and, and I appreciated so much Mark Lilge bringing this up in our prayer meeting this past Wednesday night, uh, at, you know, night before Thanksgiving, great time to, to look into God's word for reasons to give thanks. And in Romans chapter 1, where, where the Apostle Paul is describing the, the sinful downfall of the world, and we think about, well, that was 2,000 years ago. The, the, the world was already fallen into you know, a, a sinful state. Yeah, it was a messed up place then. It's a messed up place now. And, and in that particular passage in Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul is making it clear that every single person who's ever been born is going to be held accountable for their sin against God. Every single person. And the reason being, and he explains it very carefully and very clearly in Romans 1, the reason is because in creation, God has made it clear that he exists and that he's powerful and that he's loving. He's made that clear in his creation. And people have decided not to honor him as God, not to glorify him as God, and not, let's look at it, Romans 1, turn with me there. It's, a, it's, such a, it's such a great statement. Romans chapter 1. In uh, Verse, uh, 20, verse 23. Let's start with verse 21. For although they knew God, and that's the statement that he's making, every single person that's ever been born has the opportunity to know of God through the things that he's made. He says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. They were supposed to give thanks to him. He made them. I love this, as we were singing this morning, that, that one statement about Mary. He made Mary. <laughs> then he was born of Mary. He made us. He, he makes the, the air that, that, that's around us, he makes it work for us to, to keep us alive. He, he put this amazing pump in our bodies to circulate that air through our bodies. It's, it, everything about us is amazing. Everything he's done is amazing. And most people don't glorify him as their creator, as God, and also they don't thank him. They're, an, they're among the other nine. We were made to thank him. We were born again to thank him. We don't only thank him for making us as human beings, we thank him for remaking us as his children. We were made for this. May it never be said of us that we're among the other nine who just go on taking advantage of everything that he's done and forgetting about him and not stopping to say thank you. The Apostle Paul mentions this in in another place in, in this kind of negative way. Look with me 
finally in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And kids, I want you to listen especially closely right now. Because there's something in here even more than thanksgiving, all right? Just for you. 2 Timothy chapter 3. The Apostle Paul makes a a statement similar to to Romans 1 of the scenario, the, the lifestyle of the fallen world in first century Roman Empire. And you'll find some very interesting parallels and similarities um, to 21st century United States and world. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves... We're not going to deal with that today. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, kids listen up, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And then he throws this line in, have nothing to do with them. Because the last days that he's describing were happening right there. He considered that era that he was living in as the last days. We're still in those last days. Because this is a description of our community. This is a description of the world that we live in. And right in the middle of all of that description of how terribly fallen the world has become, he says, ungrateful. It's a heinous crime against God to be ungrateful. It's a serious offense to him. And so those that have been blessed by so much from God, not just the life that he gives us, not just the things and the provisions that that keep us going and and, and help us to enjoy this, this life that we have, but especially those of us who have been saved from our sins because of the work of Christ, through faith in him, especially those of us who have been made new in Christ the moment we put our trust in him, who have been given the opportunity, who have been given the ability, who have been given the will and desire to live our lives for his glory and to praise him and to thank him, we need to even stop and say, thank you, God, that I can and want to thank you. Because he did that work in us to bring us to that place where we would not be part of that list. And again, the the list was long, and we might have seen ourselves in a number of those things. But may we never see ourselves as ungrateful. It goes against the very nature that God gave us when we were born. We're supposed to see what he's done for us in creation. We're supposed to recognize him as God, to glorify him as God, and to thank him. But especially those of us who are born again, those of us who have put our trust in Jesus Christ. May we never, 
ever fall short in this responsibility, in this opportunity to be, thank, to be givers of thanks. I'm glad our country celebrates a, a day and now a week of, of thanks. I'm glad we have that. It's good for us. I'm glad that, I'm glad that, our, that our, our founding fathers, you know, because even though it only became a national holiday under Abraham Lincoln, George Washington started it. And, and many of the early presidents in, incorporated into, into the, the life of our country. I'm glad that we have a country that recognizes it's, it's important for us all to give thanks to God. And so even though it, uh, for a lot of people it ends up not being about thanksgiving, I'm still glad that we stop and I'm still glad that we call it that. Because it gives us, those who understand thanksgiving, those who understand how important it is, not just as a nation, but as individuals and as a church, that we get to stop and, and, and look at our lives and to make sure that we're not only giving thanks on a special Thursday in November, but that we're the kind of people who are always stopping, always returning to the Lord Jesus, always coming back to him, praising God and saying, thank you for what you've done. Well, sometimes it's harder than other times. Now, for these nine that, that were healed of leprosy, think about their circumstances. Think about how excited they were after going to the priest and getting their clean bill of health. Think of how, oh, they could have gone back out there to see him, but man, their families are waiting on them. They're, you know, you, you can understand why they might have maybe put it off. But you know who didn't understand? Jesus. Oh, he understood. But whatever the reasons were, it wasn't, they weren't good enough excuses. Because they should have given him thanks. And so we have to ask ourselves for the reasons that we don't give thanks. Sometimes when we're, when we're down, sometimes when things aren't going well, sometimes when it just seems like, a, you know, when it rains, it pours, it just keeps on happening. We think, ah, oh, this isn't a time. I, I can't give thanks right now. I want to say something. I want to caution you. Be careful with that attitude. Because it is a time to give him thanks. Even when stuff isn't going our way. Even when tragic things happen to us. It's still a time to be careful not to fall in to the other nine. And not to forget who God is. Not to forget what he's done for us in Jesus Christ. Not to forget the end of the story for all of us who believe. Because no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter how difficult the times might be, we always have the work of Christ in our lives. We always have the promises that he's made. And we always have him fulfilling that amazing promise that all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. In Romans eight twenty eight. We all have that promise, all of us who are believers. And so even when the roughest, hardest things possible are going on in our lives, we still don't have to fall into the camp of the other nine. 
we can still be that one foreigner. And remember, all of us are foreigners. All of us are foreigners to God. All of us were separated from him. We, in most cases, weren't even part of his chosen people who were, who were first drawn close to him. We were all a long way from God before we met Christ. Let's all remember, no matter what, that God deserves us recognizing him as God. And because we recognize him as God through Christ, then he deserves our thanks, no matter what. So, when you think you've got a reason, when you think you've got an excuse, why today is not the day to give thanks, go back to the story. Go back to Jesus' question. Where are the other nine? And commit yourself this morning never to allow yourself to be included, to be counted among that other nine. That regardless of what might be happening, you're going to stop and you're going to say, thank you, Jesus. I don't understand why this is happening right now. I don't understand how you're going to turn this into good. But I do know you, and I do know your promise. And I do know what you expect from me. Since you made me, and especially since you saved me, I will give you thanks. I will praise your name. Nothing will stop me from doing that. Not not the joy of being reunited with my family, not the joy of getting my life back, not the difficulty of being a leper and whatever else, what other difficulty we might have. I'm not going to let anything stop me from being grateful, from recognizing God for who he is, for honoring him and glorifying him and topping that off with thanksgiving. Let's bow together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, We want to thank you this morning for the gift of your word. We want to thank you for the amazing work of your stories. The history of your people and especially the history of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we thank you this morning for the way Jesus healed those 10 lepers. Reminding them, reminding the community, reminding everybody now who reads the story of your saving power, not only of healing power, but of saving power. And we thank you for that one who came back, as he should have. And we thank you for the encouragement, for the inspiration, for the strength that we can find in him. And for the way that you've shown us in your word that that attitude of thanksgiving, that attitude of gratitude is one that you expect of us as your children. You expect it of everybody that you've ever made, but especially 
those of us who are called your children through faith in your son Jesus. We thank you for that high expectation. And we pray that you would help us. You know the difficulties that we face. You know some of the difficulties that we're facing right now and how hard it is for us to say thank you. Father, help us to look to to this story, to look to the way that you've made us, to look at what you've done for us in Christ, to look at the promises that you've made, the eternity that you're going to share with us in your glory and how you're working everything out in our lives now to prepare us for that time, to grow us in our faith. Help us to be people who say thank you. Help us to be people during a a Christmas season where we'll be singing about your light, we'll be singing about the light of Christ and the light of the world. Help us to be your witnesses of that light by giving you thanks, by letting others know how thankful we are for what you've done. We need your help in this, Father. And so we thank you for the body of Christ that encourages us to be thankful. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who enables us to overcome the difficulties, the obstacles that we have to be givers of thanks. And Father, we thank you for your word that reminds us that we don't want to be in the middle of that list that describes the fallenness of our world. We don't want to be included among the ungrateful. May it never be said of us, may it never be true of us that we would be among the other nine. Father, we pray for any who are here this morning in any of the aspects of our service that have never called out to you like the lepers did that have never recognized you as Savior, that have never believed in you as being the, the, the perfect Son of God who died on the cross for the sins of, of the world, who rose again victorious over death, and who promises life to every single one who believes. Father, help those who have never recognized Jesus as that to call out to him today as these ten lepers did, to have mercy on them for their sins. Help them to see the the magnitude of their sin and help them to see the scope of your great love that would send your only son to come into this world and to die on the cross while they were still sinners. Help them this morning to understand that love and to put their trust in Jesus. And to begin to live a life of gratitude like they were born to live it. Father, may we all join in that attitude. In Jesus' name, amen.